0: Welcome back to episode three of the Fortman podcast, where we unpack James 2. And it is a uh, heavy hitter today. We talk about the sin of partiality and really just um, exposing some of the prejudices that we can have. Uh, as believers and just kind of as a culture and a society, so tune in as we unpack um, all these different things that uh, our heart has motives for, and we try to expose those and, but also encourage and bring hope to uh, where we're at today in society. So today I have John Luke Parker Reeves and Luke joining me. If you are just now tuning in, we'll give a little brief, um, just a little brief uh, description of who all these people are. So we'll start with John Luke.
1: Oh, I'm giving a description?
0: <laughs> said, hey, I'm John, hey, I'm John Luke.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm John Luke. I'm Christian's brother-in-law and just so excited to be here.
2: I'm Parker Amos, good friends of Christian from college. My wife, Freddie, works with Sadie, and I work here at Buck Commander. <clears throat> uh,
3: and I'm Reeves. I'm Christian's nephew. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm good friends with Christian, and uh, this is my brother-in-law right here, and glad to be here with these guys.
4: So I'm Luke Albritton. Uh, I guess, consider all these guys brothers. Uh, I'm not gonna say friends, anyways. Uh, See, so yeah, I don't work here, my wife doesn't work here, uh, but we all love each other, so glad to be here.
0: James 2, my dear brothers and sisters, How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom He promised to those who love Him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into the court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the world laws as found in the Scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you still have broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Hmm. <laughs> 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 A lot of good stuff there. Dude, he just, it's just so good. How can you claim to have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? That is good.
4: I think it's one of these things that we do unintentionally uh, that I think because of, like, we just get in the habit of being around the same people right and then when we go out to like to a group setting um we just cling to cling to the people we know and the people we're comfortable with and i think like you see what jesus did in like his ministry like when he went to heal people like he went to like you think of the the man that had leprosy like going into places that aren't comfortable like the um and seeing people that have um and i think that's We've talked about this, you know, last week, but you go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the weak, right? Uh, And so all these correlations uh, that James is making here, um, I think it's so important for us to have, like we talked about again last week, the eyes to see those people, because I think they can get overlooked whenever we're in a group of, with our our people that we love and like, we just are attracted to that, right? Um, And so like... Like James says, like we want we want them to sit close to us. We want them to be close to us because c- we're comfortable, and so I think that's where we have to get out of our comfort zone to invite those people in. And I think that's where, um, you know, we talk about works that work, <coughs> work faith that works is dead. And so, like what we what we believe in and teach, and like if we want to act on that, we have to you know bring those people in with the same type of love that we do that we would do with each other here at this table, right? So. Um, that was kind of my initial
0: thoughts right out the gate. You know, it's good. Like I love, like my subheading says, a warning against prejudice. And I think you know, even just like you said, we all have, we all have to some extent, like subconscious, like prejudices. Like even if they're not, I mean, even even if sometimes they're, you know, like if you're in a sketchy situation, like sometimes having a knowledge of like the situation could sometimes be a good thing. But when it gets to a point where, yeah, when you do favor you know, one person over another. It could be, you know, if if you, instead of, you know, social dynamics with wealth, if it's, you know, ethnicity or if it's sexuality or if it's gender or whatever it is, like, yeah, I think sometimes, like, you can read that text and you can just kind of pin it to, you know, at least when when I read that, I feel like, you know, someone wealthy or, like, someone homeless. But I don't think about it further than, like, you know, you know, someone of different color or somebody who is gay or somebody who's straight or someone like who has these different, you know, these different differences than me. I think I can just kind of group it into like,
4: mm-hmm. oh,
0: yeah, well, like, I give money. Like, if I see somebody homeless, like, I'll give 20, I'll give them $20. Mm-hmm. But I don't think about the prejudices further than that of like, but no, how do I actually fight against, you know, things ingrained where I should judge someone here that's not actually, you know, right? But yeah, right. scripture yeah that's good When i was reading some of the background on it i
2: was i realized that this was written to jewish christians um it was actually apparently one of the first books written in the new testament as far as chronologically and so you think about that time there was a lot of division in, in the jewish culture right from just the religious leaders and everything like that and so you can you know this was prevalent and what was going on um, because of obviously everything that we read that went on in the New Testament with the religious leaders and just the different classes of people and everything in, in that nature. And so I think it's definitely something for us to consider that really hit me this morning was how if you think logically, you would think that God would look greatly or, or better on people that are more righteous or that mm-hmm. do follow his word more yeah. closely but it's saying hey he does not show partiality he does not show favoritism he looks at everybody the same and so i'm just like man if we actually treated people that way you know mm-hmm. like that and we saw people that god as god saw people that everyone really is truly the same it doesn't matter if you might live a more righteous life we're all level footing right at the cross we all have the same need for grace and mercy so it definitely challenged me in that sense yeah that's good. I was thinking really on
1: this like wealth aspect of, well, one, like James really calls him out here and saying, like, sit when he says, uh, when he says, sit among, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Like, he just directly says, you're discriminating, you're being judging. Mm-hmm. And on this like wealth aspect, like, what they were doing, they were, this is early church, like Park just said, this is the one of the first ones written. So these guys or girls or whoever, they're starting this church, they're meeting in a house. And what was happening is when a rich person would walk in, and these people, I'm assuming based on this passage, this is like middle income earners here. So when a rich person walks into their church, they're like, oh, they got rings, they got wealth, they can give to the church, they can help us build this thing up that we're trying to build. And what God is saying is, no, you've actually have it backwards. You think that money and wealth and power and influence is what's gonna build my church, mm-hmm. but it's actually the poor among you, that's who's gonna inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You, you have it actually totally backwards because mm-hmm. you wanna depend on the money instead of depending on me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. That's no, so good. And he goes even goes on, like, because well, he's, he's pointing out their motives, but then he's also pointing out, like, even, like, the hypocrisy behind it because it's like you want these rich people, but then it's like, but then they're the ones that drag you into court and oppress you, you know? And, like, we do that all the time. It's like yeah. something It's like a double standard for something that, you know, you say you want something, but then you don't realize that in the end it's actually not, you know, what you want or even even what you need.
1: If that's not a message for the church right now, too. Yeah. Just like we Mm -hmm. see that all over the
2: place. I think, too, like when we, especially inside the church, it's like when we act favorably towards somebody, I think it just really shows our own selfishness. I think a lot of times it's just because we feel like we have something to gain by being friends or acquainted with somebody that is wealthy or influential. You know, in this case, it's like, man, these— those other people could help advance the kingdom with their resources, but like that's not often how we think about it. It's a lot more self-serving.
0: Well, even like putting it in terms of like 2024, like you know, he talks about somebody walking in with like fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And then the other person comes in in dirty clothes. It'd be like you're a door holder and somebody drives past you in a Ferrari and then parks and then walks in and like, you know, whatever designer brand you can think of. And then they come in and then, you know, oh, yeah, there's there's still a seat at the front. But there's something like that. And then the next person comes in, it's, it's like a homeless person. You're like, hey, we're sorry. Like, you know, we don't have any money here. Like, you know, and it's anyway that they wouldn't be coming to church. It's like but they could be wanting to come to church, but they're like, no, we think you're lost. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. So I felt like that's they like equating that text like what it would look like now yeah. because it is so visual. It's like anyone can picture, you know, you're at a party or you're at a gathering or whatever, and somebody walks in and you know, and that you can tell that they have wealth or at least it appears that way. Like you can visualize the distinction between a reaction you would have to that person versus somebody that came in who is clearly very poor. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it's just cool the way he lays it out because it's like it's easy to. To picture that and we've all done that to some extent you know whether it is like i said earlier whether, whether it is wealth or you know somebody without any money it's, it's the same thing for you know any kind of prejudice that you can, i mean you can have prejudices towards anybody i mean it could be you know somebody who loves video games somebody who hates video games it's like it, it could be it could be prejudices against literally anything and it's just all about you know what the motives of your heart are I and mean, we you know we all have Evil motives of time, at times, but it's you know recognizing that and you know repenting of that and, and realizing you know what you do struggle with. Hmm.
1: If you're just listening to this and not watching, Christian just looked directly at me because he's prejudiced against me.
0: <laughs> I did not because I that. play because
1: I play way too many video games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not look directly at him. It's awesome. Well, because we do like we all have, you know, it's like. <laughs> okay, well, th- well, think of some underlying prejudices that, <laughs> like, the, that, that you can think of. Yeah, no, you're so right. You're no, so you right. are. Well, think. No, so, like, think about it. Like, say some. No, I'm thinking like even
4: in Jesus' time, like Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, right? So the feet resembles like mm-hmm. some of the nastiest things, like obviously because they were walking around barefooted. And here James says, if you say to those, sit at my feet, so it's like, hey, you're not worthy enough. You're supposed to just walk, like, be at my feet and wash my feet. And so, like, you see Jesus's like, to the prejudice of, like, like, you don't even deserve to, like, sit by me, like, get on your knees and wash my feet. So the extent of, like, Jesus, like, just ultimately was looking at people's hearts, right? And so, like, the humility that it took for him to sit at his disciples' feet and wash them, right, just shows, like, ultimately, just naturally, as humans, we want to look externally before we look internally, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yep. um I don't know, that, that was something, man, that just really stuck out to me is, like, our Father sat at the feet of his people that went to to do the great commission right to go out and make disciples right and so if if our father was washing not saying you know obviously saying no don't let me let me sit at your feet and wash your feet and I think that's how like people will follow after leaders so well is when they see a leader sit down and wash their feet right and that that comes back to the there's there's no distinction of a poor man rich man here it's like it's we all love Jesus right, mm-hmm. and so we have one goal and um uh, So I thought that quote was, sit down at my feet, such a significant deal, because we see that, what Jesus did with that, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you've heard me talk about AG1 in the past. AG1 is something that I love to drink in the mornings because I think it tastes delicious. And taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple, which is what AG1 does for you. I've been drinking AG1 every day, and it's just one scoop mixing water once a day, every day. By doing so, it makes me feel energized, focused, nourished, strong, and ready to take on the day. AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. So I decided to try AG1 because I wasn't feeling focused. I was always feeling run down, and I really just didn't feel healthy. I wanted something that I could drink in the mornings before my workout and something that was going to kind of, kind of replace my cup of coffee in the mornings. I don't like taking caffeine before workout, before workout or even just early in the day, and AG1 has been such a um, great thing to drink in the mornings before I do anything. It helps me feel more focused, and even for my workouts, you know, I love fitness and I love working out, and AG1 has been a great uh, help to my recovery for all those things. And I really just even feel uh, just better throughout the day. And there's been so many people that I've recommended AG1 to. My wife um, never misses a morning. My dad is obsessed with it. He is always uh, asked me to get him more AG1. And my mom has started drinking it as well. Um, so I've just got so many people on it. They all love the taste of it. And they all said that it helps them feel, uh, just better throughout the day. And it gives them, um, the health and just the boost that they need. And what I love about AG1 is that when I'm drinking it, I know that I'm covering my nutritional basis right at the start of my day. I'm getting support for my brain, gut, and immune health since AG1 is packed with vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients. And AG1 has also become just an, an essential part of my daily routine. Like I said, if, I, if I, I usually like to drink it in the mornings, but sometimes if I forget, I can drink it uh, at any time throughout the day. And especially if I'm busy or having an active day coming up, their travel packs have been a lifesaver for me. As much as my wife and I travel, I love bringing their travel packs with me on the go. And AG1 it has got high-quality ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, and antioxidants to give me the extra boost that I need. So if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's going to be AG1. And that's why I've been a partner with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash huff. That's drinkag1.com slash huff. Go check it out. One prejudice I think that, like,
1: bringing it to 2024, I think we as Christians... Me definitely at times, and we as Christians collectively, or at least in the South, in the South and in America, it's like a political thing mm-hmm. more now. You know, it's like
0: that was the one I forgot. The rich, <laughs> I was say political, yeah,
1: like the rich man is for in our day and age. I think that the church we collectively are aligning ourselves with or think are going to help us is like the conservative like party, mm-hmm. and we very much ideologically shy away from again and speaking general, especially and specifically more in the south here, is like shy away from like woke culture or like all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that can definitely hinder us in the way we love people because we're we're can be prejudiced against that or think that ideology isn't like advancing the church. So like
2: we don't want to bring them in.
0: Mm-hmm. Does anyone's subheading say anything different than prejudice, or is it all prejudice?
2: Mine says favoritism forbidden. That's what mine says, too.
3: Mine says the sin of partiality.
0: You have ESV. Touche. Wait, what version are you reading? NLT. NIV? Don't, uh, <laughs> don't, NIV. don't look at me different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Luther in the Dungeons well, & Dragons. I, I, I honestly got this Emery. one because last we got ESV, and the words were so tiny that... Sadie got me this one, like not because of last week, but I've had had this one where the words are bigger. Well, ESV is a little harder to read. Well, it is harder to read, but yeah, I remember, because I read ESV, and then I read NLT, and I was like, I'll just go with NLT this week. But yeah, ESV says... You could get the ERV, the easy-to-read version. Easy easy Reeves version. (laughs) It's a real version. The easy-to-read version? Yeah. What is that? I'm not I'm not it's trying trans- to show
2: I know
3: it's a translation. I'm not trying to show
0: either. prejudice towards the ERV. I have just never heard it's of it. For
3: people that can't see
0: well. Yeah. that's the one who can't see. You.
3: Why do you think I said it?
0: <laughs> he knows <laughs> it. The letters are the same size, guys. Yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> not about the, Well, no, the the,
2: le- it's the same version, this <laughs> is a bigger font. I, like. I
0: honestly have really good eyesight. But there's just something <laughs> about reading smaller text when when you know you're being recorded It kind of locks you up a little bit. <laughs> okay but no so what are some what are some things that you can think of even for somebody listening i think you know we've kind of broken down like you know you have wealth you have um you know denomination of political you have gender you have ethnic like but even it goes further like, like i said earlier, like you know i'm saying for instance, like video games like you have comic-con like there's like and then hunting or so many that doesn't drive a truck, like there's so many little things that you can like discriminate against that you don't even realize it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, since this, I was just thinking like inside the church, because that's kind of like he was obviously talking to the church with the letter. Like it's crazy how much we discriminate. Like obviously like worship styles that differ or the, the, theology, yeah. if I can speak. Um, that's different. Just things like that, like small preferences that we <laughs> get – Prejudice towards people, like hey, like we are on the same team. Like those things do matter, but how often we let those prejudices of things like that get in the way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, I think that's one of the big reasons we have a thousand different denominations is because of like, hey, you're not good enough to if you want to do your thing, like go start your own thing, you know. And so, like, why can't we just say, man, we're serving Mm -hmm. the same God. We can, we can all, you know. And I think that's, and that's why. You can get so tied up into denominations and all these things, but I was thinking about a scenario. What you were saying, Christians, like this—I never thought about this, but I was telling y'all I was at the red light, and a guy obviously didn't have a vehicle, and I'm in my truck and all this stuff, and he just walks up to me, he wants wants money for he he said, hey, I need a dollar for a black and mild, so I pull my billfold out and I had. Yeah, pull it out. And there was, I had like some bigger bills in there. And it's like his eyes lit up. And he was like, Oh, man, can I have. And so I gave him more than what he asked. And so, but I was sitting there thinking, I was like, Man, the prejudice I could have had, like the dude doesn't even have a vehicle. But like he's seen me in a vehicle and was like, Well, hey, maybe this guy can help me out. Now, whether he bought a black and mine, I don't know. But it's the thought of like, I could have just kept my window up. It was raining. And most of the time I would have, because I was Mm -hmm. like, This guy. And so that's something the Lord has been working on my heart is like this same is seeing people as like they're a human that mm-hmm. as we read, we were made in his image. That guy was made in Jesus's image. And so mm-hmm. here, probably in the last two or three years, I've really had to work on that of like seeing people for who God created them to be. Right. And so, like, why is this guy walking around with no vehicle? Like what happened in his life? And so to me, that's challenged me with this, like this verse, these however many verses here, is like, man, truly just seeing people, like, if G, if we believe this that I made in his image, so is Reeves, and so is the guy that asked me for, for a dollar for a black and mild, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's that really to fun. me is, like, you, I overlook those things of like, he just seen I'm driving a truck, and he doesn't have a vehicle. He's walking around West Monroe, you know, and so it's mm-hmm. like, very easily, we just think we're all supposed to have vehicles, and we don't have to worry about filling our trucks up with gas, and this guy don't even have... Mm -hmm. you know, a vehicle. So I don't know. That was something that really kind of hit home with me. No, that's so
0: good. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what I was trying to say earlier that I feel like maybe could get, could get like misconstrued, but I feel like it is, it is all about the heart. And I think sometimes like there, I feel like there is a fine line sometimes between like prejudices, but also like common sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for you to give the guy $20, whatever he did for the black mountain, like that's, that's great. And I think, you know, if you're ever in a situation where, you know, somebody's holding up a sign and you give them money, I, I, if I ever have money, I always give them, you know, money. But sometimes it's also like, you also sometimes Mm -hmm. have to be wise and like use discretion or like, you know, and, and not that it's, you know, any kind of form of prejudice, which maybe sometimes it can be underlying, but it is about the motives. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you're potentially, you know, in a not safe area or if you're by yourself on a, Train, like whatever it could be. Like sometimes it's yeah. like, not that you're showing prejudice, but it's like you all you we are also like mm-hmm. conscious human beings with like a level of common sense to where it's like, yeah. no, like this might not be, you know, a safe situation or whatever. Pornography is not an easy subject to talk about, but it is something that we have to talk about. There are so many companies that are out there working against you, your family, your marriage, and it is such a big problem in our culture. And I think that it's something that we don't talk about because there's shame tied to it. It's a secret sin, and it's really just uncomfortable uh, to share that. Um, For years, I struggled with it throughout high school and uh, early on in college. I had such a grip on my life, and I think part of the reason that... um, It just kind of held me in bondage for so long because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't have accountability in my life. I didn't have people that I could uh, confess things to or share things to. And I think that was why I wrestled for so long. And that is something that I love about Covenant Eyes is that you can actually have accountability. And that is why I love Victory by Covenant Eyes so much. So Victory by Covenant Eyes is a powerful tool that helps Christians who are serious and want to quit porn for good or never start in the first place. Victory combines industry-leading technology with decades of experience in leadership and recovery content, accountability, and behavior change. And the Victory app has powerful accountability features built in, and the optional blocking technology makes it an unparalleled tool in the fight to live a porn-free life. So Venture by Covenant Eyes can literally block certain things from your phone to where you can't even access it. So like I said, if you struggle with porn now, it's the perfect thing for you because it can block all the things that you might struggle with or be tempted by. And if you've never started in the first place, do not think that you're not susceptible to it because it is so prevalent. We are all susceptible to it. So even if you've never struggled with it, Victory by Kevin is still a great thing for you to make sure that you never go down uh, that rabbit trail in the first place. And scripture also teaches us the importance of being held accountable. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens another. So here's how it works. First, use my link, covenanteyes.com slash huff, and download Victory on all of your devices. So once installed, Victory runs silently in the background of all your devices and uses cutting-edge AI technology to watch the screen for behavior that does not match your goals. Next, you will invite a trusted friend to be your ally. This is somebody who can walk beside you through the ups and downs of recovery. Your ally will get push notifications on any porn news and reminders to have accountability conversations, even if things are going really well. So just remember, accountability is not others calling you out for your sin, but is having others call you up to the person that you are in Christ. And anyone can get started on their path to recovery for free by visiting CovenantEyes.com slash Huff and using my promo code Huff for 30 days free or by clicking on the link in the show notes today. That's CovenantEyes.com slash Huff.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's good because I think, like, hey, if if I knew this guy was a drug addict and I'm feeling something that I know he's addicted to, I'm not helping him by giving him money, right? Because he's not going to buy what he says he is. And so I think that's... We, Proverbs talks, obviously, all about this is the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and James, we kind of talked about that, too, is, like, praying for that gift of wisdom that the Spirit can fill us with. And, like, when I seen that guy, like, at that point, I knew, like, it's like when I pulled my billfold out, his eyes just, like, it's like, okay, maybe he does just want a black and mild, right? Or maybe he's using it for something, you know, um, because he asked for a dollar. Most people don't ask for a dollar, right? And black and mild is what, like, 90-something cents. I don't I don't know, but it's can't be more than a dollar. And so like maybe he wanted more, but that was his go to to get money, you know? And so no, I think you're exactly right, Christian, on that as far as uh having eyes not just to see people's hearts, but also to see the situations and mm-hmm. uh so that's good.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's tough for anybody that when you see someone asking for money, it's I think it's in Proverbs, like the scripture that says give to the beggar what he's asking for. Like mm-hmm. the Lord doesn't He doesn't specify like in his command to us, it's not, well, don't enable him to have an an addictive personality. Like we know that those forces are at play. And and the Lord simply says, give to the beggar what he's asking for. And for me, and I'm sure other people relate to this. I just, that's definitely something I struggle with. And because I don't want to, enable. having come from that kind of same lifestyle, I just, I don't want to enable them to continue living a if it looks, you know, you can usually tell when somebody's on drugs and yeah. when they come and ask you for money. Of course, like, I'd rather, it's it's a lot easier when they're, like, kind of some food. Mm-hmm. But when they ask for money, it's definitely hard because I know that just from Scripture, it seems that the Lord is not asking me to make that judgment call about, like, give to the beggar what He's asking for. Yeah. You know?
1: But it also said, like, Jesus, just to that point, Jesus also says, like, the poor will always be among you. And I think that's, like, in, in that scenario, it was when Judas was saying like, we could have given this money to the poor. And Jesus was like, there will, there will always be poor, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's like, that saying it's not legalistic. Like it is mm-hmm. a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. And like I was thinking of this here when it, later in this, in the chapter, when it says, uh, if you really keep the rural law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. And that's like, I think in this kind of scenario, you got someone out the window, it's like, okay, if I was in their shoes, what what would be the best thing for me? Mm-hmm. You know? And if you are addicted or if you're whatever, it's like, well, maybe cash isn't the best thing. But, you know, sometimes maybe it is. Like that is what you need. You just need a dollar to get by in that moment. And mm-hmm. so I don't think I think the point is not to show favoritism. Like the point is in whatever scenario you're in, don't base your judgment on looks alone mm-hmm. but base your judgment on what's the best way to love this person where they're at mm-hmm. as you
0: want to be loved yeah when we all have different convictions too it's like you know like re, or look like if, you, if you pull out your wallet and you have like a ten dollar bill and like a hundred dollar bill and you give them the ten dollar bill then you know later that day you might feel convicted for not giving them the hundred and i think sometimes yeah i feel like even the way i grew up like or you might be the same way even like this denomination then denominal I'm just, denominations, whatever. I was going to try to say denominationally, which might not even be a word, but like, I feel like you always have the excuse of like, well, I don't know what they're going to go spend it Mm on, or I'm not going to go fuel that. Right. And I think I've had to just get to the point where it's like, it's not, you know, whatever they do with it's not up to me. It's It's like, it's up to the Lord, but like my obedience is actually giving them to it. Like, so I've had situations where I've passed people and this is not like, this is not me trying to say like, I'm so good, whatever. I've it Because I've driven by plenty of people that are needing money, with money, and I'm like, whether I don't want to stop or traffic's bad, I don't want to cause this, whatever. I was driving, this is probably a few months ago, I was just driving down the road, down the highway, and this people were in lawn chairs asking for money, or whatever, or had, had these big signs up. And I drove past them, and then I was like, had the thought of like, well, I don't know what they're going to spend it on. And then I was like, plus I don't even think I have any money. I opened up my glove box and see a $100 bill. And I was like, <laughs> like that's my first thought. It was like, dang it! So I pull a U turn, and then you know, drive up, hand him the hundred, and the dude starts like bawling, and he's like, "I've only had three people ever ever give me a hundred dollar bill," which was just like, it was such a cool moment because I'm like, you know, it's not about like they can go spend it on whatever, but it's like, are you willing to do a U turn in the street even if it's even if you don't really want to do it, even if it doesn't make sense or because I was late for something. Mm-hmm. I think I was meeting you somewhere, Luke, and I was like, I'm I'm already late. What's an extra two minutes? I was like, I see it. Because it was it's one of those things where, like, sometimes I feel like your conscious is like, I wouldn't have been able to go for the rest of the day and been like, just look at this $100 bill because I'd been like, I should have turned around and given, given, the, given it to them, you know? Because I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, like, like sometimes that might be the case and then the next day, my conviction might not be the same. But I think... You know, I think sometimes you have to just be obedient to whatever you feel versus playing the card of like, you know, well, I don't know whether I can just spend it on. Which sometimes yeah. it is wise to have that discretion, but sometimes it's like you're just using that as excuse because you don't want to actually yeah. stop and give the money. Or or it could, like I said, money or it could be food or it could be, you know, whatever it could be. Yeah. Um, but typically I just see it being money because that's what yeah. they're typically asking for yeah. or what, what people, you know, on the street are typically asking for and i think you got to just get to the point where it's like even if they go spend it on you know something that you're potentially feeling that's bad i do think yeah use discretion at times but I also feel like if got if you feel like inclined to do it then i feel like you do it because you know it's about your heart and not necessarily what they're going to go spend it on at least that's what i've seen from my own personal convictions yeah in yeah, the that's good
1: yeah in the favoritism category if like, just, I don't know, if a billionaire, if Elon Musk te- texted you and was like, hey, can you stop by CVS and grab me this? Like, just a random example. Mm-hmm. But just like, if a billionaire said, can you do me a favor, right this instant, you would 100% flip a U-turn. right? Like, with no your, question yeah. asked, you would do it because you're like, I'm going to get something back mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. scenario. Um Whereas, this is what this is saying, it's like, it's not about what you're getting. It's about showing love where to everyone equally yeah. and in a in equally in the best way like bringing up the poor mm-hmm. to the level that you would treat the rich you mm-hmm. know right. not the other way
0: around yeah yeah Which i think can.
2: obviously as christ followers mm-hmm. we're supposed to be the hands and feet of christ like we are the representation of god to the world mm-hmm. so what kind of message does that send when we act just like the world mm-hmm. to the poor and needy, to the marginalized, and things like that? So I think that's obviously as James has been doing, he's trying to get to the heart and be like, hey, like what you believe about God is gonna it's gonna show in your actions. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe God looks at everybody?
0: The yeah. Same? yeah, yeah. You know what well, it is? Cause it's like if you view the church, it's like if the church operates or looks just like a concert, like. If you go to a Taylor Swift concert, like on the front row, there's no people looking homeless. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna assume that, yeah. you know. But you know what people you wouldn't. I'm not gonna get into what people say when you assume, but like typically that just wouldn't be the case, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, why would the church? I'm saying if if yeah. if you view the church, like, and you look at the front row or or whatever, and it's like somebody in fine clothing, somebody in poor clothing, fine, like. That's what makes it the church. Like it's God's people mm-hmm. in in one spot. And I think that if you view, if you zoom out and you look at the church and it's all the wealth be on the front rather than poor people in the back, then it looks just like every other worldly setting. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a concert or you know whatever that could be. Like, how does the church distinguish itself from all of those things? And I think it is by having a conglomerate of mm-hmm. you know wealth, ethnicity, religion, like. Or you know political stuff like it's all intermingled together mm-hmm. i th- I think that's just I think if you like try to distinguish the church from these other things, it's like that's what makes the church so beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. there is no distinction like it's all like we're all Gods people mm-hmm. um but yeah it's interesting to like think about a setting like that where it really would only be wealthy people mm-hmm. like getting escorted to the front. Mm. You know, or like broad backstage or whatever. Like yeah. And, and as the church someone, can't operate like that.
1: As someone who tried really hard to get a ticket to this last concert, it <laughs> is very exclusive and that's not how the church should be. So
3: yeah.
2: it was very expensive. There There is no one looking to almost go into <laughs> go into one of those concerts. And I think, I mean, it it should challenge us all to look at our obviously the church is the body of Christ, like our churches, our friend mm-hmm. groups, like is it full of people who look just like us and mm-hmm. look the same? Because if it is, then I feel like it speaks to the heart of the people, right? Are we are we actually reaching out to those people and looking at them and creating an environment where they feel welcome to come? Or is it just people that look like us and do that? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times churches are made up of people that are all the same,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Which just crazy like 2,000 years ago it was the same issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was the same issue 2,000 years before that exactly. with Abraham. Yeah. like <clears throat> Maurice, were you going to say something?
3: I didn't want to move on from what we were doing. I mean I just I, I was noticing as I read it, that we just got done in chapter one, like religion that is pure and undefined before God is to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction. And then now we're moving on into, and it's led us into these conversations about how we treat the poor and all these things. And then all the way down to live as though, it, this just really stuck stuck out to me. It's speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. And I don't know what, like as many times as I've read it, like it's just, that stuck out to me in a way that I was like, he he just said the God that, says don't commit adultery, also said do not murder. So if you if you do one of these things, mm-hmm. you're transgressing the law. And so it just points out like the whole point of the gospel. Like we can't hold we can't fulfill the law. Yep. And so we need what Jesus did. Like and so we need to speak and act as those who are judged by that law that we know we can't keep. I don't know, it just hit me in a different kind of way like mm-hmm. In moments where we want to do any of these things that we're talking about, it's just such a good reminder.
1: That was so. I had that same thought. I'm so glad you said that because, like, it's it struck me. And I've, I mean, I've read this chapter countless times, but it's never struck me. God's putting favoritism on the same level as adultery and murder, Mm. (laughs) which is like. That's a big one, yeah. you know? Yeah. To yeah. us
3: it's a big jump. Yeah. But it's like right. yeah. no, let me make this clear. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. It's yeah. sadly
2: like way more accepted, like favoritism. Oh, it's just society, you know. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's a obvious like physical difference between murder and favoritism. Right. But God's saying when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to how you treat others,
0: like you should be holding favoritism at the same level that you hold adultery and murder. Right. Yeah, because like in verse 10, he says, for the person who keeps all the laws except one is just as guilty as the person who has broken all, all of God's laws, which is Romans, you know, three, like, for all have sinned and fallen short, you know, it's like, <clears throat> just the person who's done, like you said, shown favoritism is just as guilty as the person who's, has life in prison, like, from a sin standpoint, like, we're all, like, we're all sinners, we've all fallen short, we're all, you know, we all missed the mark, um, you know that that's i've never thought about that mm-hmm. either because it's cuz because one of those things it's like you know i i kind of can think of favoritism it's like jealousy or like you know it's like je- jealousy to me is different than like sexual morality or, but it's not you know mm-hmm. or like lawlessness or like yeah murder but it's you know in uh in galatians or um i think it's galatians where paul talks about yeah galatians 5 where paul talks about acts of sinful nature like the only thing that separates sexual morality from jealousy is a comma. You know, like nothing else separates. It's, it's a comma in a chapter that separates it. Like it's all. So to us, speaking of prejudices, it's, it, we can judge against sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. God doesn't view it like that. Like we're, we've all we've all sinned and fallen short. Um. So I love I love that y'all brought up that point because I've never like really thought much into that either Mm -hmm.
1: and i think this is not like i don't think we're saying i don't think we're saying speak to the audience i don't think we're saying like that means just let everyone in all the time it's like it's not what we're saying it's not saying like one who shows favoritism is as like is safer or better or is unequal of an as like a murder as far as like who you bring into your life and who you interact with mm-hmm. it's about how you it's about the heart and how you treat people every day like in your interactions even in your boundaries it's treating people as humans when you set good boundaries when you decide this is who i'm going to work for or work with or who we're going to bring into our friend group. Um, It's basing the judgment on heart and love in that moment. And with this idea of like, God sees everyone equally, not not saying that like that means you have to be friends with everyone or you have to bring everyone in, Mm -hmm. you know, and so on.
0: Yep. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. That's deep. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this, the the parable of the lost
4: sheep and so like the black sheep that the shepherd always waits always waits for the that, that one that strays, you know, and so I think because that sheep looks different, because it, it has a bad past or it's has this type of appearance, right? The shepherd doesn't discard that sheep because it's not the color of the other ninety nine sheep, right? And so it's the thing it's the the point of for us is like Obviously, we're, Jesus is the shepherd, but for us, like, if we see people that do have discolorations or have sin in their life, like, to be there waiting on them, right, to talk to them about it. Um, and so, I don't know, that was just another thought that come to mind about uh, distinguishing between, you know, looks or appearance or, so.
0: Yeah, I man, I think sometimes we forget that, like, like, it ends with, like, God will be merciful when he judges you. You know, like, we're all... Like, we're all going to be in the same boat eventually, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're all, we'll all stand and give an account
2: yep.
0: before God. And, you know, I don't think it's – I don't think our argument of, like, well, they didn't – they looked sketchy, you know, or something like that. I just don't think that's going to stand up good when you're talking to God. of like, you know, he's like, well, what did I call you to do, you know? And I just love that, like, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, it's like if we
2: really, truly understand the mercy that's been shown to us, then we will freely show it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when we lose sight of that, you know, it's like that parable, like the person who's been forgiven much and forgiven little, right? The person that realizes they've been forgiven much was much more forgiving than the other Mm -hmm. person. But we're all that person who's been forgiven of much. So, again, just going back to the
0: heart of where we're all at. Well, in that parable, it's, yeah, the person who has been forgiven much is the one that's also not, like, he's the one that's very stingy with the the worker, you know? Like, we've all been forgiven much, but it's like, if you don't extend that, then it's, you know, and I'm, yeah, that parable does not end well for that guy. Right. Um, But we're all in that same boat. It's like, you know, we've all been forgiven much, and it's like, we've all you know, had mercy, you know, God's had mercy on us all. And yeah, it's like if you can't overlook one petty thing, it's like then you neglect or you it seems like you neglect what all God's brought you out of. Like I got a lot of crap in my past life. And it's like if I can't show mercy to, to this person or forgive this person, <clears throat> then it's like do I really have a right conception of like what God's done for me, you know. I think if you don't, then you could argue that. Well, I don't think you fully understand. You know what all God brought you out of if yep. you you know overlook this one situation or you can't you know forgive this person for doing that, which in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal. Right. Any last closing thoughts? Uh,
4: John, Luke, and Ray brought up the the law, and so. He was talking about the royal law here. It he says, if you really fulfill the royal law here, it says you shall love your neighbors yourself. And so previously in chapter 1, he talks about hearers and doers, right? We hear it. Do we do it? And then he says, how can a man look at himself in the mirror and forget what he looks like? And so it's like that tells us how easy it is. Like we can say like, yeah, we can love love a neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, do we love a neighbor, right? We can – it's the whole hear, do type this, like we can – How can we look at ourselves and then forget exactly what we look like when we just looked at it, you know? And so uh, I think that to the point of y'all said, too, about the adultery and um, murder. I think we talked about this some last week. It's like when uh, we—lust is the equivalency of adultery, right? Whenever we have anger in our heart, it's considered murder, right? And so it's like we categorize those things like just lustfully looking at a woman is committing adultery. And so I think that's—he's tying that in such a big deal— Like what we don't think is that prejudice is showing favoritism, whatever it may be. And so Mm -hmm. um, like we, me, we categorize things that seem to be little sin, big sin. Mm -hmm. But to Jesus, everything's sin, right? And so it's like, we're quick to say, well, I just looked at this woman. I didn't commit adultery or I'm not cheating on my wife. But it's like, man, we have that all messed up and backwards. If we don't, if we believe everything in this to be true, then we have to believe, just like he's saying here. It's like, man, you should love your neighbors. It's that if you do that, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. But man, mm-hmm. how often do we not do that well? Mm-hmm. Right. It's such yeah. a simple thing because, like, I love myself, right? That's what, like, I really love myself. But it says that type, it says, God says, love me and then love others. It doesn't say, love me, love you, then love others. Mm-hmm. So it's that I like, first love him then in, in return, like, you will love that guy that's homeless or that guy that doesn't, like, you You know what I mean? And so, I don't know, that was a big thing. It's like, I love how Scripture just ties so well with each other that this was thousands of years before, like, stuff that we've, you know, talked about previously, but, man, how it makes so much sense today to our life, you know? Yeah. So, just anyway.
1: to super quickly add on to that. Because it's such a good point that like God elevates all the sin, like this is important. This is like mm-hmm. this is equally as bad and evil, and you should like see all of this as equal and as evil in the eyes of the Lord and on earth. But then He always follows it up, which He does so many times in the Bible. But mercy triumphs over judgment, mm-hmm. and that's like for us a thing. I, that's why I think about that a lot for myself, of like. Holding those two things in my heart of mm-hmm. yes, I've sinned, but I've also been shown mercy. Mm. And that allows me to like not wallow in self pity, not but all, and walk forward in that like I've been shown mercy. I can humbly walk and treat others well
0: because and show them mercy as I have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Cause I do think like, and like the last thing I'll say, cause I think it's obviously God knows just how sinful we all are. Cause you look at big things like, adultery and you look at something like murder like for murder you can make the argument that most often it could start with a prejudice right like it starts with having this framework and if you don't put that to death then yes eventually you're going to end up murder same with lust it's like with adultery it's like if like yes they're all even but it's like god knows that like if you start with this and you don't feel bad about that then eventually it will turn into adultery and i think that's why they're all you got to view them all like this because it's like if you don't you know, if you just dabble in this, eventually you're going to end up committing the big sin. You know right. that you view bigger, you know than what you're just kind of doing now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think that even just like you know when Jesus is like gouge out the right eye or cut out cut off the hand, it's like cutting up, cutting it off before it really does spread. Mm-hmm. You know, to the whole body to where it's like you cut it off while it is still a prejudice or you cut it off while it is a lustful thought or while it is anger Mm -hmm. to where it doesn't grow into Mm -hmm. full-on adultery or literally murdering somebody or, you know, excluding somebody from being a part of your church because of X, Y, and Z. So Mm -hmm. um, yes, I think getting to a point where we repent for those prejudices because we all have them, you know, in some form or fashion, whether it's, from the way we were raised or culturally speaking, where we were raised or, you know, economic status or whatever. So I just encourage you, if you're listening, um, just to kind of pray through some of those things of like what you feel like, you know, what prejudices you feel like you struggle with? We all have them, you know, like we've talked about the last 45 minutes. Um, we all have things we wrestle with. And I just pray that you would ask God to reveal this to you, that you would repent for those that you would ask for forgiveness and that you would ask God, that you would ask God to give you eyes to see people the way that he sees people. Um, I don't think we can ever pray that enough for God, for God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, So I just encourage you, we all have things that we need to repent and turn to the Lord for So I just encourage you to do that as well. And uh, just ask God to reveal those areas of your life where maybe you've um, turned a blind blind eye to them. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, Tune in next week as we will unpack the rest of James 2.